Keepers of the Flame, the classic metal podcast with Rev Taylor and Darren Wall. Reviews, interviews, and conversation since 2021. Hello and welcome back once again to Keepers of the Flame, the classic metal podcast. This is our fourth episode of our second season. We are coming to you today from actually a very sunny and beautiful Pacific Northwest in Washington. The weather's been pretty outstanding here lately, I gotta say. I can't complain about any of that, but we're not here to talk about the weather. We are, of course, here to talk about old-style metal that's been released recently, as we always do. So, it's time to open up a beverage of your choice. This week, I have a classic from Munich, Germany. This is the Hofbrau Dunkel from the Hofbrau House, the most famous beer garden on planet earth and i'm in a great mood tonight it's uh is it a monday yeah it's a monday evening and my name is darren wall i'm one of your hosts my co-host mr rev taylor is with us as always how you doing brother i'm doing pretty well uh beverage wise i've got uh something i've had a frequently which is uh this russian beer um which is one of my favorite beers to get at my local market. But uh, with current events, it seems like I probably will not be able to get this beer anymore. So this is probably yes. the last one I'll have for a long time. And yeah, I guess, uh, that's true. That's Vladimir true. Vladimirovich dipshit didn't think about that when he invaded Ukraine. Yeah. But he should have because I'm pissed off because I like this beer. Yeah. So. Life is so hard. Damn minor inconveniences. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we all yeah. are, you know, we're, we're all dealing with that right now. You know, we all, uh, you know, we, we're coming out of this pandemic finally. And, you know, restrictions have already started to lift here in Washington. We've lost the, you know, most of the places have lost the vaccine mandate this week. And we're losing the mask mandate on Friday um, for, for most public indoor places. And, of course, then this idiot has to go and decide to invade a sovereign nation. You know, which kind of puts a bit of a gloomy cloud over the celebration of a pandemic being ended. But again, we are not here to talk about, you know, Captain Dipshit at the helm of the fucking Russian Dipshit Express. We are here to talk about heavy metal. And we are going to start with our picks of the week. And my pick of the week uh, is a little bit of foreshadowing because this band is also from the same country as the band we're going to do a deep dive on a little later. Um, this is something I recently picked up at a record store in a neighborhood in Seattle called Georgetown. Coolest neighborhood in Seattle by far and away. I picked, picked it up at a little store called Georgetown Records, which is um, a really cool record store. They have a lot of weird stuff. They don't have a big selection, and especially for heavy metal, they don't have a big selection, but you can find really cool shit in there. And I managed to snag an original copy of Metal Conquest, the EP by the Swedish cult underground power metal band Heavy Load. I don't even call them power metal, but they were more like a classic heavy metal band, I guess. Um, if you're not familiar with Heavy Load, um, they started in 1976 in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, they uh, have, have released three other full lengths apart from this. Um, and one of them, Stronger Than Evil, actually had Phil Lynott playing bass from Thin Lizzy on it, um, on at least three or four tracks anyway. Um, so this band, you know, they, they kind of had, they didn't do too much in the 80s. I mean, they were around from 76 to like 81, 82 or so, and then they kind of just vanished. Um, 
but they made some wicked albums. I mean, you know, this one, they, they like all their, all their albums pretty much kick ass. Um, but, you know, and, and because of the internet and things like this and certain people, you know, who really loved underground music, you know, kind of keeping these things alive over the years, Heavy Load really got a resurgence in the 2010s. Um, this with a younger fan base, which led to them actually kind of reforming for a couple of shows in 2018, a couple of big ones. They did Keep It True in 2018, and they also did the Sweden Rock Festival in 2018, which for heavy music, Sweden Rock is, you know, one of the big three festivals on planet Earth. So that's pretty cool. I mean, they, uh, I think, I think it was only two or three original guys, and they had some younger people on, some younger uh, session players join the fray. But yeah, um, if you're not familiar with Heavy Load and you like, you know, you like this, just your metal good and classic. I mean, this album cover has a bunch of like, you know, painted Vikings killing each other on the front and it's called Metal Conquest. I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get. So yeah, this album came out September 81. Uh, get this, you ready for the name of this record label? Oh yeah. Thunderload Records. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if there's not a porn star out there called Thunderload, <laughs> um, there should be uh, uh, one day. You know, I guess if I was, I've never aspired to that profession, but if I did, I might call myself Thunderload. You found, you found your porn name. Well, that's good. exactly. It's taken me. Captain Pork Sword is retired. I'm now Thunderload. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, heavy heavy load on Thunderload. There's way too many loads going on right now. Um, Metal Conquest, um, pick this up if you can find it in um, in a record store. I don't know how easy it is to get online, but I'm sure it's on YouTube. So yeah, um, and check out all the old school Heavy Load albums because they kick ass. What do you got this week, man? So I've got uh, the 2014 album by Icelandic post-metal band Solstafir. Um, and this one's from my record collection. I don't necessarily follow this band too closely. Um, they, their earlier stuff is kind of more along the lines of a post-black metal kind of sound. Their more recent stuff has gotten a little bit more mellow, um, moved farther away from a metal direction. This album, Ota, from 2014, is really a nice in-between place where it's, it's got an ambient kind of atmosphere, but it's still got a really consistent sense of drive and heavy guitars. And it's a really cool atmospheric album. Um, the concept behind it is it's got eight tracks on the vinyl release. It's just two tracks per side. I like the symmetry of that. And uh, these eight tracks each represent one of the traditional divisions of the day in the like ancient Icelandic Norse system. They would divide the day into eight sections. Um, and so each one of these tracks corresponds to that. Um, I think that's cool. It's a cool way to like teach about Icelandic and Norse history and culture without, you know, waving a Thor's hammer in your face. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. that's much less remedial. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a real kind of, it's kind of what you expect from Icelandic music, honestly. It's gloomy, it's uh, moody, it's kind of brooding. Um, each of these tracks kind of has its own distinct vibe where the band will kind of build one particular melodic fragment or one kind of like melodic or sonic idea and kind of just like go with it. So there's a lot of repetition 
for that reason, it's kind of a hypnotic meditative kind of experience listening to it. Um, I would not call this a breakfast album. No. Unless, <laughs> unless you're planning to spend your day like sadly staring out a window into the rain. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> not really a breakfast, but more of a, uh, you're alone in the house at two in the morning and you want to just like stare at the ceiling. It's, a, it's a good, it's a good headphone album. Yeah. You know, if you've, uh, possibly if you've imbibed in some edible substances that will <laughs> give you a slightly altered state of mind, not that I'm recommending, but I am recommending that you do that put on some I, headphones and listen to this album. I too am recommending it. Definitely get really stoned and listen to Stolson. Hell yeah. It's a good time. Uh, the, the title track I think is probably the standout track. It's got this like really, it's got this repeated banjo line of all things. The banjo just going and then the bass line is kind of like moving around and, and making the harmony change around that core idea and they build on that for like eight minutes and it's actually um, really cool and also the like probably only banjo based metal tune I can think of off the top I of my head. I can't think of any banjo <laughs> and metal it's off the top of my head. Yeah and I've got this uh, really nice I think this is the first colored vinyl record i ever bought actually i just, just i like the black and white packaging but this nice like kind of textured red color of the vinyl so i love I, I love colored vinyl dude you know oh, yeah. and so i'm not always but i don't like really like picture discs that much and i don't necessarily need all the fancy shit but i like it when it's a different color yeah yeah i like it especially when it's like i don't like the like opaque different colors as much, but it's translucent and you can hold it up to the light and it kind of glows. I think that's cool. Yeah, Especially cool. if you're in the state of mind, the aforementioned ideal state for listening to this album, then that, you know, ooh, it's red. It looks like a big candy. Yeah. So. <laughs> and we're totally not, but recommending you do that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and I haven't really dug into the Icelandic to, to translate the lyrics or anything. And because it's such an atmospheric album, I just kind of enjoy the sound of the language. Um, I will say that uh, kind of for my picks of the week, for a little while, I'm going to be trying to dip into more non-English repertoire. Um, something I'm kind of getting into more, and, and, and we've talked about it a little bit, like in the metal scene, it's, it's somewhat rare to do uh, music in your own language just because it can cut off large chunks of your audience. But I, I oftentimes think there's something there in the vocals and in the expression of the music when you have people singing in their native language that they understand really well. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, I, I think I may try to bring some of that kind of stuff uh, to people's attention a little bit more um, as my own little personal mission, starting with Solstafir. So yeah, check out Ota. Cool. Yeah, I highly recommend checking out that album too. That is a band that's not really in my wheelhouse, but I do enjoy them. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're a really cool band. And yeah, that, that's definitely something everyone should check out. Well, part and of the reason I got into them in the first place is I, I think I found one of their tracks on YouTube and that was back in like 2013, shortly after I'd been to Iceland. And I was just like looking around for videos of Iceland because it's such a unique and fascinating place. And having been there, I just like wanted to kind of recapture that feeling. And, and I think it was a video for one of the tracks off their previous album, Svartir Sanda, I think, uh, Black Sand. And it's, um, the video really like captured that feel a little bit of what Iceland really felt like to me. And so I ended up watching that a lot and got into the band that way. Um, anyway, yeah. I don't remember how cool. I got into them. To be honest with you, I don't remember. But I do, I do enjoy, I do enjoy their music. It's very much a mood thing, like you said, a headphone listen. If I'm just kind of, I might put it on if I'm reading a book or something like that too. You know, just for you know something to be in the background. But yeah, they are, they are, they're great. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool that we both, you know, I picked a band that's 
you know, Scandinavian and you picked a band that's like offshoot Scandinavian, you know, mm-hmm. like descendants of Scandinavian anyway. Um, because we have another Swedish band that we are going to talk about who has just released a new album, and that is Hammerfall, uh, a band that's very well known. Um, if you're dorky enough to listen to this podcast, you probably know who Hammerfall is. But they have just released an album called Hammer of Dawn. But if you're not familiar, we don't want to assume that everybody who listens to this podcast is a complete, you know, metal nerd like we are. Some of you just may enjoy the sounds of our voices for whatever reason, or you just like to listen to people talk in great, great detail about, you know, records. And that's cool too. Whatever, whatever makes you tune in, we appreciate it. So a little background on Hammerfall. They formed in 1993 in, in Gothenburg. I did not know they went back that far until I kind of just did a little bit of research um, I knew they went back to the 90s because I started listening to them in the 90s, but they were formed in 93 in Gothenburg. Originally, this was Oscar Dronjak, who's still the main, you know, songwriter and guitarist in the band, and also Jesper Stromblad, from, who went on to play in a little band called In Flames that some people might have heard of, you know. Mm-hmm. They did pretty well for themselves, too. Um, so in their early days, they played mostly covers. They wrote a few originals. Um, and then they finally released their first album, Glory of the Brave, in 1997. And the album that I got is pretty much a new release when it came out that got me into the band, which is Legacy of Kings in 1999. I still maintain that those are their two best records. Um, but they released, in total, they've done 12 studio albums. Another thing that I really wasn't aware of. I knew they had a lot of albums, but 12, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they released... Albums consistently, after in the 2000s, they released albums consistently. You know, they Renegade is a great one. Um, Crimson Thunder is a great one. Um, they, all through the 2010s, they released more albums. Some of them are a little more lame. Um, you know, the, I, I kind of lost track of them in the 2010s. I guess, I think it started to become a little, I don't know what the word would be, but it just got a little, it got really kind of like boring to me it just they, their music was just wasn't getting interesting to me anymore um they toured a lot all over the world they played every major festival in the world i mean this is one of the biggest power metal bands going but this one and now we come to this one um hammer of dawn which was released on the 25th of february on napalm records in 2022 um and when we saw when we saw this coming out we decided we we're going to review it i was like yeah okay this should, this should be okay it should be you know, it'll be a Hammerfall record. I didn't expect it to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and, the, and I'll say this because it, to me, I call it a regressive Manowar album. Because, I mean, not Manowar, Hammerfall album. Because they have gone back to their first two records. Like, they've gone back to that true power metal style they played back in the day. Um, this is the fastest and the most power metal album I've heard from them in a long time. Um, the production is, you know, it's big and bold, but it's really not over the top, which is cool. Um, they've never really, they had some really, really over the top production in recent years, which is another thing that I didn't like too much. It was getting a little too processed and shit. Um, but this one sounds, doesn't sound like there's any cheating going on anyway. Um, the guitars sound great. Um, the drums don't sound fake. Uh, Joachim sounds, his voice sounds really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, this is the first Hammerfall album that I've really listened to in a focused way. I mean, I've heard a lot of Hammerfall, 
Um, to be honest, I was not too familiar with them up until I joined Greyhawk. Had heard of them, but then uh, shortly after Greyhawk started up, uh, you opened for them in Skeletor when yeah. you were when you were in Skeletor, and that was the first time I'd seen Hammerfall or really listened to them very carefully. I and I brought along a friend of mine or a, a, a colleague of mine from the Opera Chorus who was a big Hammerfall fan and had never been to a metal show in his life. And he was so stoked. He was like a kid at a candy store. It was awesome. So yeah, I remember uh, that. I remember yeah, that. That was, that was a good night. Um, so yeah, I think Hammerfall, like I've, I've got some of their albums on my, on my uh, phone, you know, and, but it's the kind of thing where like, you know, I'll throw on Crimson Thunder when I'm in the shower and mm -hmm. be washing my armpits. Oh, it's on fire, oh, it's on fire. You know, it's not like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not usually like sitting down and really giving Hammerfall a focused listen because they are the kind of band, which is pretty fun to just have on in the background because. Yeah, yeah. They don't necessarily, it, it, it was interesting to do that because they don't really require a focused listening. The music is easily, it's, it's the Belgian beer of metal. It's easily digestible. Yeah. But um, but honestly, like it really held up to that scrutiny. I really enjoyed listening to it. It's like you said, it sounds really good. Um, you know, it's Hammerfall. There's not a lot to it from a songwriting perspective, but it's very well executed. I mean, after 12 albums, they know what they're doing in terms of yeah. what beats to hit, how to do it effectively, how to make effective transitions. Um, one thing I'll call out is I think the cover art looks really cool. It's uh, I like how unusual it is. Like you look through, scroll through their albums and it's like typical metal colors. You get a lot of gray and fire colors. Pretty much as everything is like fire or lightning. But then the Hammer of Dawn, we get this kind of cool, um, kind of light blue and, and kind of white colors. And it's it's cool. blue and gold, which is a cool like, it's like white gold and it's like it's a cool it's a cool color combination yeah and of course it fits the title hammer of dawn because making like making mental dawn. notes we might have to steal that someday yeah it's, <laughs> it's got this cool like celestial bright kind of like very uh very uh, heroic kind of color palette and more even than their other uh album covers the first thing i think of when i see this it looks like a magic the gathering card like <laughs> a little yeah. bit i'm gonna tap on my planes and play hammer of dawn yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, so just with the caveat that I haven't really listened to the recent stuff, I remember you played me one of their tracks uh, a couple of years ago from one of their <laughs> one of their recent albums. That the it, lyric it, video? Yeah, the lyric video. And I was like, <laughs> what even are these lyrics? Like, it just didn't even really make oh, a lot of sense. It, and it was yeah. not a great track. And so oh. just based on that, I didn't have the highest expectations. But this is a really high energy record. It, it doesn't have a bad song on it. Um, it's catchy. It's fun, like you expect from Hammerfall. So I guess what they're really doing here is just like playing at the level they should be at at this stage in their career. I agree. I'm like, I, you know, the, the lyrics, you know, the lyrics in Hammerfall have always been kind of, I don't know what the word is, made fun of a little bit because they are, they get silly sometimes, you know. Um, they, 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 do get, they do get a little silly. They're not to be taken too seriously. This is a much better effort than recent years. Um, I don't know if it was just things they thought sounded cool together, but that one track, I don't remember the name of it, but I remember showing, I remember watching it when it came out and I was absolutely howling at these lyrics because they, they make no sense and they sound like they just used one of those heavy metal lyric generators to make the songs or like predictive text or something to make the song. And they just used predictive text the whole, the whole time because it was complete nonsense. Um, 
But yeah, this one, again, like me knowing the history, like the first two albums, I'm pretty sure I've, I've definitely made you listen to Let Their Hammer Fall many times. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's a great um, track. But, you know, it seemed like this one, they kind of trimmed the fat here and like they, it hits all the hammer fall marks. Um, they're not breaking any new ground. Um, but like I said, I think they're going back in time. Um, it really, like, you know, how to, how to put this, it's getting back to what they do best. Like you said, they're pay, playing at the level they should be. Um, and they're not breaking ground. And I don't want Hammerfall to break ground. I don't want a Hammerfall prog record. You know, I want them to be singing anthemic power metal. And that's what we get here. Um, so I was pretty satisfied. Um, one of the things that I did like the most about this album was the consistency. I didn't think there was any real duds. You know, there were some songs that were like, I was like less enthralled with, but it's a steady stack album front to back. There wasn't any songs where I was like, yeah, you know, it was, everyone was like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's, I don't, maybe there's probably one or two that will be staples in the Hammerfall repertoire, but it's just a very sturdy album front to back. Yeah, it's definitely like, it would be one I would consider you know, adding to the physical collection too, just because it's, it, it doesn't, that's such an important thing when you're playing records is you don't want to have that stinker in the middle of the record. It's going to make you want to jump up and try to move the needle around, you know, and this, there's nothing like that on this one. 100%. Um, from a vocal perspective, I have to say, I think um, Joachim Khan sounds quite good. He's 52 years old, but good voice. Um, he's always sung, he's very light approach. Yes. This is a very, a very light he mixes his head voice uh, in very prominently to sing in this very like light, easy tenor style. Um, there are big moments, there are high notes, but it's more about just pushing the, 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 the ideas forward and, and adding energy to it. Like he's not, he's not very showy, but he gets the job done. And I think, you know, that, that attitude of, it's kind of reminds me of, la of last podcast we did, like, he's kind of a Biff Bifford type singer in a lot mm. of ways. There's like a similarity between Hammerfall and Saxon in that way. And that it's like a fairly light, high tessitura, but not screaming all the time. Um, just very straightforward workmanlike delivery with some impressive high notes when it counts. And I think that's allowed him to have a really long career already and probably will continue to, he'll probably keep sounding good for another 20 years, just like Biff has. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he hasn't really lost a step since I since I started listening to him. You're right. I mean, his his light approach to it has, again, sometimes drawn criticism from certain aspects of the metal community who believe things should be heavy and dark. You know, and it's like, yeah, I've never been in that camp. I, he's never been necessarily one of my favorite singers in the world, but I've he has a distinct voice. You know, it's him right away. Like he starts singing, and you're like, that's the Hammerfall guy. You know, he's got, he's got his own signature, signature thing going on, which is, I think, very important. Um, and talking about this, it, something I mentioned to you right before we were talking, like, before we set this up, uh, I was just kicking around on YouTube and I started listening to his solo album, not with the, his band Cans, but a solo album he released in, I think, probably 2013, something like that under the Joachim Kahn's name. It's all in Swedish. The album is called Nukon Mörkret Falla, which means now darkness can fall. And it's actually like a kind of brooding, darker record, at least from the like four songs I heard. And he's singing more on like a baritone range. It's very I'll different. I'll have to check that out. I'll yeah, check it's, that 
worth checking out like an interesting curiosity for hammerfall fans but also if you like like swedish singer songwriter music with a little bit of heaviness to it it i thought it was pretty cool i want to listen to some more of that so here it's, it's funny like i i got to hang out with hammerfall for a couple of days in 2005 they were in vancouver i think they were touring on the unbent unbowed unbroken album um and i wound up randomly meeting them on the streets of vancouver and they were like you know, I approached them and I was like a dorky 25 year old. Like, Duh, you guys are hammerfall, right? And they're like, yeah. And then they, eventually they asked me like where they could go have, a, I turned out, you know, I talked to them for a minute. They deciphered that I wasn't a total weirdo and asked me like where a bar was so I could hear some rock music and, 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 you know, have a beer because someone told them that we'd go to a club in Vancouver called the Roxy and the Roxy is not a rock and roll bar. It's a horrible meat market where people go to like, H-bomb each other's drinks and just be shitheads. It's a horrible, horrible place. So I took them to the local rock and metal bar, which I think I took you to once, the Loose Moose. Oh, yeah. It was in the downtown. I was just called the Moose. So I sent them in there, and they were like, they invited me to hang out. So, you know, I was hanging out. And, and Joe Kim is a great guy. Like, I, I got along with him famously. He's really funny. He's really high energy. He's super nice. They all were really nice. Um, it was funny, too. Like, they, they, at one point, they uh, put on Let the Hammer Fall, right? And Joe Kim was talking, and I was like, hey, listen. He's like, what? And I'm like, listen. And the song's playing. He goes, ah, yes, from the Legacy of Kings album. And I was like, you don't have to announce it. <laughs> like, we're, we're, not, we're not on stage yet, man. That's tomorrow night. So it was those guys. There's some stories that I can't really tell um, in a public forum. But, you know, it was, it was needless to say, it was, a, it was a fun couple of days. Um, but anyway, let's dive into this thing. So... Track one on this album is called Brotherhood. Um, and I was excited right away when this when I hit play on this first one because this sounded like a track off of Legacy of Kings, which again, that's the album that I love the most. That's the one that got me into the band. Um, this one sounds like to me like it's some kind of it's an anthem, it's like an ode to their fans and the people who follow them, you know, buy their music and come to their shows. It's seems like it's kind of just about like rocking out and doing head, metalhead shit, you know, like that's the vibe I got, um, as catchy as it gets, um, the solos, like on this song and through the whole album, I mean, there's not a solo that I listen to that I'm like, that's amazing, but they all serve the song well. And there's lots of, Hammerfall does this fun thing where like, they'll do, the guy, the guy will play a solo and then the solo will stop and there'll be like an accent part and there'll be like a, like a double guitar harmony thing where they're picking real fast. And then the, the rest of the band will be doing shots underneath and then it'll kick back into like a verse or a chorus or something. And they do that all the time. And they, and it's, and it's fucking rad and I love it. It's super cliche, but it's good. Um, you know, they do, they also do a lot of things on this song and throughout their whole career, their whole, all their classics where they'll just have like full stops and like either just the vocals or like one guitar or whatever will be solo. And that's the only thing going. I mean, like, yeah, there'll either be a shot or it's just a brief section where it's like, you know, a couple bars of just that. And then they kick back into something else. And, you know, it's, that's professional shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. One thing I really like about Hammerfall and the way they write their songs is you can tell they really have the live environment in mind because, you know, when you go to a Hammerfall show, not knowing any of their material, like I did back in 2018, um, and just like, okay, entertain me. They, with every song, they teach you how to sing the chorus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the end of the song, it becomes very clear. And it's not just through like pure repetition because they'll do a lot of like 
bringing in the chorus, but was just whoa, 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 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They give you the opportunity to catch on to the melody and the words, and by the last chorus, every time you can join in. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's cool. It's very like inclusive in that sense, and that seems to be what this song is all about. Like, Agreed. everybody's welcome in the Hammerfall party. He says yeah. it at one point, if you don't like it, there is the door. <laughs> like, yeah. like you can you, you can just go home and and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know they didn't tell they're not saying fuck off or we hate you. They're like just just door, see yourself out. The rest of us will have a good power metal party. Yep. There's the Swedish the Swedish politeness there. Yeah, exactly, but yeah, so yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I think Brotherhood is a great choice for an opener. Um, it's super catchy. Again, it harkens back to those old Hammerfall power metal songs off the early records. Lots of tremolo picking um you know nice upbeat pace to start things really gets the energy going right away yeah i think that's probably on purpose like i don't know if they were intentionally trying to harken back to the older sound but it seems like you know if some of the criticism has been that there's new stuff is a little too too uh shined and polished that they wanted to put something out there that showed that it's you know, it's got really strong energy from the start yeah which i agree yeah Although that said, you know, I, and I like the song. I, I think that's the Brotherhood for me is, has done better on repeat listenings. When I first heard it, I'm like, okay, this is a Hammerfall song. But the song that really grabbed me was track two, the title track. Yeah, absolutely. Hammerfall is, 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 you see, it was one of the, I think it was the single. Um, and it's written, so. it's written like it is. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they bring the keyboard melody in right away. And it starts with the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, they have this, they have this, um, you know, Hammer, you know this this this, yeah. this chanting chorus as they always do like they're one of the masters of gang vocals and it starts right away so they're you know and that's like i said that's an old songwriting technique in in pop and rock music where you know if you want to get if you have an earworm and you want to bury it in someone's head start it within the first 30 seconds of the song like yeah. introduce it as soon as you can get to the chorus as fast as you can somehow and just establish that right away so you hook the listener and they want to hear more. And that's exactly what they did here. Yeah, they really did. Although there is the, like the real earworm melody, the da 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 On that melody, they're actually singing different words every time. Yeah. kind of keep it fresh. I think that's cool. Like that melody is so catchy, but it's got some different text. And then the text for Hammer of Dawn, the title of the song, only kind of comes in in passing at the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I when I will say I thought the the guitar solo on this was fantastic. It really. I agree. Good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the main riff too is hella Dio vibes. It's a gallop. Yeah. It's a gallop with a bump, 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 like quarter note bass line underneath it, and even the vocal delivery has some Dio isms to it. So that made me very happy on this one. Um, like again, this one has that thing where I was talking about earlier, where they come out of the solo and there's like. The breakdown where there's just like shots right after it and they get mm -hmm. kicked right back into it it's a really cool way to separate it um so i'm thinking i'm like sitting here going man we should steal some of those ideas because they're really <laughs> um it's like uh and i actually just had a thought i'll talk to you after the podcast about it um but yeah it's uh this song to me is just really professional it's really catchy um every it's kind of perfect in a lot of ways um Maybe if you have a criticism, it's a little too perfect if there, if there was, was one to be had. But this was, yeah, probably my favorite song on the record, too. It's just awesome. I think it'll probably be the one that sticks around in the set list, um, or one of a couple here. 
Yeah. Especially because it's got Hammer in the title. And, you know, another yeah. thing I noticed when I saw Hammer fall uh, in 2018, I was like, wow, most of these songs are about Hammers, man. Yeah. But then, then I realized, okay, well, it's not that all of their songs are about Hammers. It's just that all the songs about Hammers are really good, and so they play all of them live. Exactly. I mean, there is Hammer, there's the song Hammerfall, which is one of yeah. the best songs. Let the Hammer Fall, arguably their best song. Yeah. And they got Ham Hammer of Dawn. You know? Hammer High, right? Hammer High, yeah. Like, that's another classic one. Like, eh, you know, there's worse things to sing about, I guess. Yep. You know, hammers are kind of cool. They're useful in both in war and in construction. Yep. Carpentry and, you know. Bludgeonings. Bludgeonings and heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's pretty cool. Um, The next one, the next song, No Son of Odin, I thought was cool, but I don't know what the hell this song's about. Um, it's just gonna be something that's lost on me. Um, if you have any insights as well, but it's like, you know, um, musically it rocks. Um, there was like a kind of an ominous like harmony to start it, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. Um, that was pretty neat. Um, and then, you know, we got off to the races and it's power metal. The lyrics are like, it seemed to like be somewhat like motivation, self-motivating and stuff, but <laughs> I run on Blitzkrieg gasoline. <laughs> that yeah, was a yeah, I did too. There's a lot of funny lines in it and I'm kind of like, um, I don't understand what it all has to do with not being Odin's son. Yeah. I mean, I, so one, one thought I had, so I guess a hypothesis would be that it's, they're a little bit like in, in a, in a sort of oblique way, they're kind of making fun of, of Viking metal a little bit. And the fact that like, because they're Swedish, everyone expects them to like have the same thematic material. That could be. That's, that's be. Gonna, that's, that could be. And he'd say, I am I, I am me, heart of steel, no son of Odin. Later he says like, never been to Valhalla or witnessed old Asgard's delight. No, my home lies beneath us. Later on he says, no Norse god from Asgard, I bow to my own creed. So I, you know, I, maybe that's just a way of saying like, okay, we're not about the, uh, the, the Norse gods like so many other bands are these days. That was, that was kind of one take. Also because the, the main riff on this, or um, the, the riff that kind of comes after the chorus at least, it like could totally be in a Monomarth riff. Yeah, and, that's and true. I, and I'm not, I was like, was that on purpose? Are they trying to just kind of like poke fun at their Swedish like viking you know viking cosplay it, it, friends, it, it, it's, I, I can imagine that that shit might get annoying you yeah. know it, it's like if as a canadian if there was like i don't know we don't really have an equivalent of vikings but if there was like everyone was singing about like hockey yeah. you know and like moose and like <laughs> beavers and shit i'd be like what are you guys doing yeah. like you know so that's that, that that's uh I, that, that's a good I thought, hypothesis actually yeah, it's either that or maybe it is a reference to some like character in Norse mythology that was not the son of Odin. But that seems out of character for Hammerfall because unlike so many other power metal bands, it doesn't seem like Hammerfall songs are really ever about something else. No, they're, always kind they're of very about, literal. Yeah, they're very literal and very much like, we're Hammerfall, we're here to play music live, our music's about hammers and... Templars of steel, whatever those are. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it, like they have their own kind of lyrical themes, but it's not like, here's a song about, you know, such and such a pantheon. Here's a song about, you know, 
Aquaman. No, it's not like that. So they, yeah. and I think maybe the song is just like drawing a line under that thing. Like we're not singing about these other things. We're singing about us. Well, if we ever get a chance to play with those guys, I'm definitely going to ask them. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I'm not saying it's good or bad or that the lyrics like, I just like, I don't get it. You know, cause like, you know, you could be, you know, theoretically like the descendant of Odin and still like be yourself. I don't know right. that the two need to be mutually exclusive. There is also like a douchey fucking racist group called the Sons of Odin. I, don't oh. know. I thought maybe that's what they were shooting at, which is entirely possible too. Um, it's possible because there is that unfortunate, you know, association between heathenry and racism. Yeah. And, you know, I know some people who are like, you know, Norse heathens who are most definitely not racist, but like, unfortunately that association exists for a lot of people so. yeah which, which sucks because I, I know there are a lot of people who you know are from that culture deeply identify with it and yeah it's, that's got to be a tough go with just being associated by the biggest clowns in the fucking universe that just really yeah. sucks but i don't know i, I kind of like your first one better <laughs> like I'm, yeah I, that's I mean, probably I, what it is and i think given what i know about hammerfall that it would fit whoops i'm playing the song there. Oops. Um, <laughs> I'm, trying to look yeah, that, I'm gonna go with that one too. I think that's the case. I thought it was a cool song too musically. Like uh I like some of the melodies in there. Like the pre-chorus is kind of cool. Never been to the heart. It's kind of like yeah. a little bit of an odd little diminished harmony in there and I don't know. Yeah it's a cool song. Yeah I agree. I agree I dug it. Um and speaking of we move into what I thought was another cool song. Uh, with an interesting title, Venerate Me. Venerate Me, yeah. I was like, I, I had to look up what Venerate meant because I was yeah. like, is that venereal disease? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like uh, you don't want to, you don't want to, I've never had that stuff, but you don't want to get it, bro. Um, and we get a guest appearance from King Diamond on this, which is, oh. which is cool as hell. You know, he was, I think it was just kind of in the background, but Mr. King Diamond lends his vocal talents to this track. That is interesting. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, and this seems like a song about like, I don't know, it's, it's like about earning respect or something like, you know, I've been through all this shit, like you should respect me or something. I don't know if it's, or it's, or it's, or it could be just a fictitious tale. Um, but you know, it's another, they're, they're varying it up a bit. This is another cool, like gallopy song. Um, this is our, like, I think it's our one triple meter song for the record. Yeah, it is. Um, lots of whoa 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 parts in this one uh yep. you know which is again like you said they are always thinking about the live um the, the live audience i thought the guitar work on this track was especially great there was some really catchy stuff um yeah we're, we're cruising along here and you know we're in track four and we're four for four so far i mean this yep. is this song is this song kicks a lot of ass what do you think yeah i liked it um i don't know that it clicked with me as much as i, I think i like the previous three songs a little better but i still I had no problem with this one. Basically liked it. I'm going to have to listen for King Diamond because I didn't realize he was on here. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't either um, until I read it. <laughs> you know, I was kind of like just, just just looking up, um, you know, when this came out and apparently King's on this song. Um, I don't know where or how, but uh, he is. Um, I did notice that when they say the title, venerate me, they put the emphasis on the last syllable. And the first time I was like, did he just say rape me and rejoice? Yeah, like, it's no, a little weird. Venerate me and no. <laughs> venerate, venerate's on the first syllable, but hey, it's all right. As I did, also I had to look up what venerate man because, like, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that word means, but you know, it's it's cool. It's it's uh, you know, especially got for guys who are not native English speakers. This is like, you know, cool use of a unique word. It's a heck of a lot better than my Swedish. I can tell you that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, 
I mean, these guys, it was interesting. When I hung out with them, I was like, you know, we were, I was like, how do you guys speak like basically perfect English? Like, yeah. they're like, oh, our English is like, no, no, your English is fucking perfect. Like, you know, you, you have an accent maybe, but like your vocabulary is, is large and, you know, you could probably, you're, you're fluent, dude. And they were like, well, I guess these like, well, we take some classes in school, but mostly all the television in Sweden isn't dubbed, it's subtitled. Mm. So, you know, it's like, and we get almost all North American shows. So they match the words to the words coming out of other people's mouths. And that's how most people figure it out. I was like, oh, that's, that's really neat. I had no idea. So, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, all my, pretty much every Swedish friend I've ever had has been like, oh, I'm sorry, my English sucks. And I was like, come on, man. I don't know why yeah. they all think that. No, yeah. I mean, Norwegians, especially Norwegians almost speak like better English than most North Americans do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Scandinavian thing. I will say though, uh, that Joachim's diction, like sometimes the, the choice of words is a little funky. Um, and every now and then the emphasis and stuff, but his diction's very good. Yeah, actually. it like, is. You always know what he's saying. Yeah. You can in live, you know, even things like, uh, in this song, there's that, he says at one point, I lived a noble life and practiced what I preached. And it all comes out. And I just, I, I can't even, like most American or British singers wouldn't make it that good. They would probably drop the like, you, you wouldn't quite be able to hear practiced what I preached. You'd probably just hear practice what I preach. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so really, you know, props to, to Joaquin for making sure. I don't, I never really had to look at the lyric sheet. You know, there's one moment where I was like, oh, that's kind of off. What, what? Oh, but then I go back, like, oh, that's the title of the song. Okay, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> So I guess that leads us into Reveries, which I thought was really neat. Um, the song, it was like, it's, I think it's, I guess if you had an oddball track on that record, this is probably it. Um, yeah. I really liked how the, the rolling bass line kind of carried it. And even though you had like the slower drum beat, like the drums weren't necessarily matching the bass. Mm -hmm. The bass kind of rolled underneath it, which created, which, um, you know, kind of carried the song. Um, the vocal delivery is a lot more theatrical on this one than mm -hmm. the other tracks, uh, which I thought was cool. It's a little cheesy, but well, what the fuck? We're listening to power metal here. Like it, it's kind of, so there's supposed to be some cheddar in there. Um, yeah, there's definitely some, some strong cheddar in this track more than any other on the album, but like it comes at a good place where we're ready, our ears are ready for something a little different. Totally. Um, totally. It starts off with a cool like choir bit um, and then kind of gets into this, yeah, the, the verse is cool. Tick-tock time is marching on. It's got an yeah, yeah. unusual melody, um, which is, is cool. And it's got that, uh, yeah, like you said, a kind of theatrical thing. Um, it's definitely like, a, it's another level of kind of poppiness in this one. Okay. And part of it's like, the chorus is just na-na-na-na-na. Yeah, I was gonna mention the na-na-na-na-na <laughs> vocals, like, you know, and they, they went full kiss with Hide Your Heart <laughs> on this one. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I I usually and it's weird. I usually don't like it when choruses are just gibberish yeah. or noises. Like that kid rock song where he's like bing da bing da bong da bing biggie 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 oh, God, boogie no. da boogie da boogie. It's like that <laughs> no. just makes me so mad. Like I hate that <laughs> crap. Um, and you know, same with like they made that kiss kisses hide your heart where it's like na 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 hey 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 blah blah blah. It's like it's dumb. You know, I, I and I think it's funny because eighties kiss is funny. Um, but you know, I usually don't like it. It didn't bother me here. Um, mainly because, you know, the, the verses were so cool. Um, but no, they probably could have wrote some words. 
probably could have. <laughs> you know, it's it, maybe they had the live stuff in mind, but yeah, it, yeah. There are some unusual moments in the in the verses. Even like one of the lyrics is "stomp, stomp, bang, bang." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stomp, stomp, <laughs> bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's silly, but you know, I, I I thought it was nice to have something a little bit lighthearted um, and and different. And you were right about the placement. It comes along right at the right time mm-hmm. because, you know, we're going to get some, some more classic Hammerfall power mode coming up next. So I think, you know, consciously they're trying to get some peaks and valleys going and vary it up a bit. Yeah, they just like take one, you know, one little step in the Nightwish direction and, you know, they can afford to at this point because they've done four solid tracks and they've won us over. So Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's, it, it's still pretty, pretty cool track. And Oh, yeah. Coming up next is my favorite title on the record, which is Too Old Not to Die Young. Too Old to Die Young, yeah. which is hilarious. And I like it when bands kind of are, like, honest with themselves a little bit, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, they are, they're getting up there, you know. And, you know, but this is very much, like, about, you know, we're old, but we're not lame. We're old, but we're still, like, out there doing our – playing rock and roll and, and, and kicking ass. And, you know, we're not going to, like, slow down or, or, or get fucking – old and boring we're gonna keep doing this and you know it's classic classic hammerfall riffing um and you know the lyrics are silly but like i i like this kind of silliness you know it's it almost it has man of war isms it's full of cliches i love that shit well it's silly but it's heartfelt yeah exactly exactly yeah so it comes across as real and yeah like you know me man i love a good cliche in a metal song like you know i anything kind of anthemic and yeah it does feel like this song came from the heart for sure yeah it was one of my favorites on the album i think because it it had this i don't know i felt like it had kind of an emotional clarity to it like i really liked the the feelings that inspired it me at least it 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 had that like we're on a quest and we're in the middle of it and it's too late to turn back and like looking back at everything we've accomplished but like wow there's still so much to do and and it does seem like an honest place, the evaluation of where they are as a band, but also like could apply to so many situations. And it's real catchy. It's got a great melodic uh, riff. It's got some cool, um, you know, it's really catchy chorus, which is what you expect for Hammerfall. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it, in general, I have to say like, I was surprised because I liked first five tracks, but the backside, the second five tracks, I have to say I liked even more. Yeah, it gets, it, 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 it gets strong. It gets strong as it goes on, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just yeah. Again, this this one is just it comes it comes from the heart. It feels real. It's like you know, metalheads for life, dude. We're gonna keep rolling. You know, it's no matter what happens, we're not gonna we're not gonna change that much. You know, it's I dig it. It it, it got me in the feels, as the kids. <laughs> so I, I dug it. But next, we take a big one eighty, and we get not today. That's the name of the song. Uh, is the name of the song is not today, and this is the ubiquitous metal ballad. Yep. Um, something that either works or bombs, and there's not usually a lot of in between. This one, thankfully, works. Yeah. Um, to, to me, I've never loved Hammerfall's ballads. I'm not gonna say I love this track, but I like it. Um, Joe Kim's always, and it's weird, he sang ballads, and I've always it's for some for some reason his singing on ballads has never resonated with me mm. even though i feel like it should like he's got a voice built for it but it just seems like um every every ballad he does he kind of sings softly 
you know, during the verses. And then he goes way up high um, and kind of, he, he kind of sings ballads like Bruce Dickinson does, mm. you know, where mm. he's kind of projecting lower than higher. And there's not a lot of dynamics to um, the way he sings. This one's better than pretty much all the other ones I've heard him do. Um, the bass player kills it on this song. Um, mm-hmm. His work on this song is really good. It serves the song and enhances the mood. Um, definitely a good amount of 80s, 80s metal on this one, hair metal, you know, Queensryche, uh, those kind of classic 80s ballads on this. So yeah, I think it's a, I think this is a solid effort. I mean, I, I, it's not what I'm going to consider like a classic metal ballad, but it's really, really good. It's good to, you know, and it, it is nice to vary the pace at this point in the album too, because, you know, we had our little oddball track, but it still wasn't, it wasn't a slow track and just varying the tempo a bit is nice. Although this isn't like, they don't bring it all the way back on this one. This is one of those ballads that's like a, a mid-tempo ballad. There's definitely yeah. a steady boom, boom, you know, in a different context, it wouldn't even be slow. In this context, it is a ballad. You know what it reminds me of? Um, it starts out very similar and has about the same BPM as the ballad from that Accept album that we reviewed. Yeah. Uh, with, with Jeff Black. Yeah. And I don't remember what that song was called, but it... Um, I have not listened to that fucking album since that year. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> but at the time, we all agreed we basically liked that ballad. We thought it I was did. I, I do remember that was one of the better songs. Uh, the Best Is Yet To Come. That's what that one was called. Yeah, that was a good song. Yeah, yeah, similar kind of idea of like, it's a it's a ballad, but it's got motion in it. It's still a, a it's still rocking at some some level. I I liked the song, although like, I'm I'm it didn't quite make enough of an impression where I have a lot to say about it. Other yeah, than and that's kind of what, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> it's like it to me, like I, I said, it's it's really good, but it just misses the mark from being awesome. Yeah, like just, and I don't know. Again, I think it's maybe it's the, just the vocal delivery. Maybe his he's not great at singing ballads. I don't know, but it's maybe like, so. Because I, I mean, I don't think of when I think of Hammerfall, I don't think of ballads. Really. No, and they do. They have a lot of them. I mean, they yeah. almost have. They might even have one per record. Yeah. Um, but there's just not any that I'm like, oh man, I love that song, and I I'm a sucker for a good metal ballad. Like the Lady Wore Black is one of my top five Queen's songs. Oh yeah. You know? I love the the slower. I don't know if you would call them ballads, but the slower Metallica stuff, I mm. think, is some of their stronger yeah. shit. Like, I would um, agree. Yeah. Um, what's other band? You know, you, you know, the some of the Dio stuff, which you wouldn't. I don't know if Dio ever did a true ballad, but um, is slightly different style, like the yeah. Shame but, on the Night kind of thing is a bit of a different. Oh thing. God, that's one of the best songs ever written. Yeah. But that's <laughs> ballad esque. You know what I mean? Like this, these metal songs that go into the really slow emotional territory those are always some of my favorites and you know the ones that hammerfall do it just it just doesn't seem like it's their strength to me but i guess i would say it just needs more of something more is like more, more, really? more is more like it needs more cheese but kind of the right kind of cheese like to to for one thing like maybe step a little if they were to step a little bit out of the metric thing a little bit like I'm th- you mentioned the lady were black and i'm thinking about all the like atmospheric stuff and jeff's whistling and yeah 
the drums are sh like I don't know more like a little bit m and more contrast between the slow and the heavy and like I don't know this one was just kind of like a mid tempo like it was okay. It's kind of you know you do need you need you need the bells and whistles you need to step outside of what you usually do. Yeah. Um, it's like for example one of the songs um, you know that I'm most proud of that we did is a ballad on on Keepers of the Flame. And you know you really stepped outside of of what you usually do on that one, and delivered like a really like much lower register than even they usually sing in on that one. Um, and I think that made that definitely made all the difference on that song. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, because a lot of ballads, and especially that type of ballad that have a big ending uh, section that's different, like you want to create as much contrast as you can between the heavy parts and the quiet parts. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And yeah, if anyone out there, it's shameless plug time. If you want to go listen to that song, it's called The Rising Sign off of Keepers of the Flame. It's on <laughs> side one. Go listen. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's great. I'm, we've never played it live. We should. Yeah, we should. Um, yeah, um, they, they switched. Sorry, go ahead. You were going to say? Oh, I was just going to say the same thing you did. We're on to the next track, I think. Yeah, Live Free or Die. Um, <laughs> again, cliche as fuck. But I love that intro, and here's something that's gonna gonna sh gonna shock you a bit. Having made music with me before, I like the hi hats in this intro. <laughs> <laughs> like, they they work. I mean, I usually like any people out there that are listening. Like I usually like you know when you record, and we rec we in, in Greyhawk we record without a click track. And even if you don't, a lot of times a drummer will hit the hi hat or just just to keep time for when the guitarist and the bass and the vocals are gonna go do their overdubs. So it's a cue as to when to come in and you know then you have the option um and you know you'll do that sometimes you do that live too just so everyone knows where their where their cues are um and sometimes when you're recording you know you go take that out i'm a big fan of taking that shit out because i think it's cool sometimes it does sound cool to leave it in i'm generally on the side of like 95 percent of the time i kind of want them gone because it kind of feels amateurish to me um but sometimes it works and he and Here's an example where it really does work to me. Um, I was, as soon as the, like, this intro hit, I was already on board with the song. Um, yeah. This is just more of what I want from Hammerfall. This is, you know, power metal, tremolo picking. It's class, cliches. This is classic fucking Hammerfall. And maybe it had more of an effect because it's smartly placed right after the ballad. Yeah. But, you know, it comes, it hits with a lot of intensity right off the bat. And yeah, this was definitely one of my favorites too. Well, there's a nice interplay between the, I don't know, the gang vocals, live free or die. And then yeah. Joaquin, come on, break the chains. Like it's, it's got that nice contrast. It, it rocks, it moves around really well. Um, you know, they could have started the album with this track too. It would have worked just as, you know, almost as well probably. Uh, Cause it just has that nice slab of power metal. Thing yeah. Going on. It's uh, and you know it's a as, as basically a sentiment I think most people can get behind. Like freedom's important. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> although it did occur to me that like if it were like Kid Rock singing these same lyrics, we might be like, Ugh. it's all it's and that's true, man. That's <laughs> so true. It's it's all about context, you know. And you're when you're singing, I mean, singing freedoms. We can all agree that you know having your personal freedoms are a good thing, but it's just like some people. I think some people, no matter what they get, they could like live with no taxes, 
no nothing, no laws, and still would scream about freedom all day long true. because it's just like ingrained in their person to do it. Um, it's a good. You should send this song over to the Ukraine right now. You know, yeah, right. Along with and that's the thing. It was here's a, here's something D. Snyder said the other day. They asked because um, he endorsed. Uh, we're not going to take it for the you know people of Ukraine. And someone asked him what um why he would do that for them but he refused to use it for like the trucker convoy and he said mm. well one's a country fighting for their freedom the other one was a bunch of sniveling babies stomping their feet <laughs> and i'm like and that's an, and that's the honest truth and mm-hmm. uh, again we're not a political podcast but fuck it that's the honest truth um and you know it is like you said it's all in context this hammerfall singing live free or die rad when is kid rock doing it uh. <laughs> but then again when kid rock opens his mouth i'm immediately want to punch it so you know it's just god damn it we've mentioned that fucker twice on this podcast um yeah he sucks hammer falls great live for your die is a is a rat song um and next we have a another funny title sea of the wild and wild is for some reason has periods in between all the letters on it and i don't know why and hammerfall's <laughs> and hammerfall's done this a few times they had a, a, many records ago they had a song you know when they started to lose me as far as a regular listen to me they had a song called howlin with the pack and pack was spelled p-a-c <laughs> like where's the k like why did you misspell this on purpose howlin with the pock with tupac like with x-pac from wrestling like what's going on so uh, it was a it was a strange it's a strange one um but this is just more fun classic hammerfall i didn't have a lot to say about this one because it's it just kind of rocks the same as a lot of the other ones do yeah i i thought this one stand that stood out um now i'm kind of one i'm <laughs> kind of wondering why because it but I knew it was going to be hard to talk about this album because it's like, and it's another Hammerfall song and it's awesome and we love it. Next. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, I mean, it's another one, I guess, that starts off with the chorus being played quietly. Yeah. Um, and so it introduces that and then comes back to it. The manner that I choose. I guess I just like the, the, the uh, drive of this one. Like it's I do too. Epic. No, do it's, too. Got the, it's got that great, like, the great thing about power metal, like the churning rhythm section with long flowing lines on top of it, you can't lose like that. Like it's just, it, it's catchy, it's fun, it's emotional, it's empowering. Like this is why we love power metal, even if we don't know what wild stands for. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it also is kind of weird because I think State of the Wild is actually a pretty good song title on its it own. It is, it is. I yeah. think it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know why they use that punctuation, but I wonder if it is an inside joke and it means something, or they just thought it would be like kind of like Wasp or something like that. Yeah, thought they would put it there. Maybe the whole point was to make people like us think about it and guess, right? You know, which is entirely possible too. So if that's the case, congratulations, guys, you got us. Nicely done. Um, But yeah, that was again. That's just it's just it's another banger. It's a it's a great track. I was very very happy with this one too so if i recall there's some excellent lead guitar work on this one too yeah i would agree with that um and then we come to the album closer and i was really curious to see how they were going to close this one Mm -hmm. and they kind of went the saxon route where they Mm -hmm. closed it with probably you know aggressive is a weird word to use with hammerfall just because like you said the vocals are so light but if 
I was to choose a song as like the heaviest, most driving, most aggressive song on the record, it would be the last song, No Mercy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, that's the like, yeah, end with the, end with the heaviest song, end with the, the hardest hitting song, damage incorporated kind of strategy. Yeah, exactly. Go, go, it goes out with a bang. Um, one of the better riffs on the record, I thought, um, you know, well-constructed riff, mm -hmm. really catchy. Um, even Joachim's vocals kind of like get a, not really snarlier because again, he's such a light singer, but he's delivering it, you know, a little quicker. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just thought, it was, I thought this one was badass. Um, great way to end it. Um, great way to end it. A great album. I mean, I hope this is kind of like a premonition for what they're going to, you know, what they're going to do. Um, I guess if I had a complaint about it is, which, you know, a little more variation in the songs would be cool. Yeah. Um, you know, some more like mid pacey stuff. I'd love to see them try an epic at one point, you know, mm -hmm. I'd like to see them try to do a seven, eight minute song and, you know, incorporate some ups and downs and see where they could go with that. I think that would be neat. I think they're a band that could do it um, because they're so good at the little tactics and the little things um, they could, if they could take that ability to craft songs like that and make it on a bigger scale, it might make for a really cool song. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you can tell from the detail, the attention to detail on these, on this record, you can tell that the intelligence and the competence is there to pull off something like that if they so chose. They're very accomplished songwriters. Um, they're very obvious. Everyone obviously is a killer on their instrument. They're freaking Swedish. Like Swedish people are just really good at music. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I just think this is a, this is a great record. I, I consider that I consider this a comeback record. Um, mm. to me because you know the i wouldn't say they've ever made a record that stunk like they've never put out to me a, sh a shitty record but there hasn't been one for me that really snagged my attention um since crimson thunder came out and that was like 2002 yeah um the one after that unbent unbowed had really good moments on it um but it didn't really stay in my CD player. And yes, I was buying CDs back then consistently. I have still have several thousand of them from my twenties. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't really stick with me. And then I kind of, the next album, it was like kind of zombie themed or something, I think. And it had that Howlin' with the Pox song on it. <laughs> I was like, this, I just kind of was like, this is just kind of getting kind of dumb. And I, I kind of tuned out for a while and I, I always listened to their albums when they came out but nothing really you know Joachim started singing trying to try to be a little um a little darker I guess on some of those records mm -hmm. um I didn't personally didn't care for that I think what he does here is kind of his strength although you're saying he's hey on, on his album cans he does cans he does sing in, he varies it up a bit there, and according to, to you on his other solo record that I haven't heard, he sings in a much more baritone way. But I think for Hammerfall, this is the kind of delivery that kind of does the best work for them. So I'm happy to see them getting back to this. I love this record. This is going to stick around with me. It might make my top albums of the year list. It's definitely a contender. I would, I could see it. I could see it being up there, or at least getting an honorable mention depending on you know what we see coming down the pike the rest of the year yeah i mean hey man the way this year's been going we might need hammerfall to to keep us in the game you know it's true i mean god we might need to but you know <laughs> yeah we, we definitely needed some like uplifting positivity uh going on so it was 
definitely appreciated and you know listening to this record i definitely have, have been having a good fun i'm going to keep listening to this album too so you know in conclusion you know i'm definitely giving this my thumbs up 100 percent recommendation um if you're a fan of hammerfall you're going to love it if you don't know hammerfall um well you'll either love them or hate them because you know they do they're a little a little lighter than, than some bands you might you might be into, but I, I I would suggest giving this one a shot. It's a good entry point if you haven't actually listened to any Hammerfall before. Yeah, like it's not it, it is it's bright, but like I think especially with the production on this record because it sounds really full and the drums sound really great, like you really get the energy of it. Um, and it, for that reason, it's a good starting point too. You know, I guess as far as like the only other Hammerfall albums I I have the first four. And now I have this one. And I guess yeah. I just skipped 20 years of Hammerfall, but it sounds like that might be more or less okay. I mean, you make, I mean, make up your own mind. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of not too into the a lot of the stuff they did, you know, in between. Um, it just it got a little kitschy, uh, you know, and, and it, for 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 what they do, it's a, in, in music like this, it's a fine line, you know, mm-hmm. like they're already walking that line about being kind of cheesy and kind of silly. And if you if you go too far, you know it, it, it's not good. <laughs> you know, like there there's certain bands like I love the cheesiness, I love the silliness. I can't do like Dragon Force and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I just that's that's what uh, that's where it kind of gets too far for me. I mean, I respect them. You know, band like and a lot of people, a lot, a lot more people, a lot of people I know love Rhapsody. I just personally I can't do Rhapsody. Um, I understand why people like it. I understand. Because it's very like theatrical and um, grandiose, and the playing is phenomenal. It just it just doesn't. There needs to be more. I need more groove in my power metal. Yeah, and I honestly I feel similarly now. Although I will say that Rhapsody was my introduction to power metal. I was, I was, I went through a period of time when I was like fifteen where I was just like obsessed with Rhapsody, and I think it's because I was actually like working. I was sixteen. I was working full time, and like life was kind of boring and Rhapsody was just like this perfect escape, you know? Yeah. But like yeah. once I kind of like, I don't know, I guess I got into other music and once I sort of lost Rhapsody for me, I just never quite got it back. But yeah. other ha- other power metal has come in to fill that void like Hammerfall, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's pretty cool, man. You know, it, it just, they're kind of the second, you know, they're not an old band like Saxon is, but they're veterans, you mm-hmm. know, like these guys have been doing stuff since the nineties. This sounds like a nineties power metal album, you know, yep. songwriting wise. So, you know, we've had two albums back to back from veterans band, veteran bands on this podcast. It, I mean, I think the Saxon album is, you know, objectively better than this one, but um, you know, two veteran bands that have come through and really delivered the goods here. So mm-hmm. I think we're doing pretty well in 2022 so far as for, for new releases. Um, yeah. But yeah, speaking of, if anybody out there has anything that we need to get in our ear holes, like please, uh, please send it over because you know, we're, it's often a struggle. <laughs> you know, We want to have albums where we have lots to talk about. Uh, we want to have albums that we don't vehemently hate, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless it's like, I don't know, Megadeth or Metallica. I don't need problems slagging those millionaires. Um, but, you know, g- g- generally speaking, like, you know, we want to hear things that at least we have creative, like, constructive things to say about uh, say about it. Um, so, yeah, send us stuff that if, you, if you're in a band and you want us to listen to your record, send it over. You know, if we don't like it, we'll tell you. 
and we'll just be like, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Have you heard the um, the new track from um, Dave Grohl? The new like thrash track? Yeah, it's called you know, Dream. It, it's 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 better Dream than Widow. It, it's better than it should be. Yeah, <laughs> right. Know? I was like, I remember I heard it, and I'm like, you know, and you know, everyone knows that I actually have a personal history with Mr. Grohl. Uh, and he is a legit metalhead. Like, you know, he, he grew up with that stuff and he has a deep knowledge of underground metal. Not so much like the power metal stuff that we talk about, but he's, he was more into like the, you know, grittier, thrashier stuff, and the doomier stuff, and the sludgier stuff. Um, and he, you know, he grew up with that stuff. So, it, I mean, it's not that surprising that he could make a song that sounds like that and it's pretty good. But I was surprised that it's as good as it is. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. It makes me want to see that fucking movie they made. Um, and I, I did watch him on Hot Ones, and he was talking about how it never was meant to be a movie. It just, like, he wanted to do some, like, kitschy little skit thing around this these songs he was writing. And one thing led to another, it snowballed. He was like, what the fuck happened? How, co- how come we're making a movie all of a sudden? <laughs> like, okay, I guess we're doing this, you know, which seems to be, like, the way he uh, when it's been talking to him over the last year, like few, six months or so, he's basically that sounds like how a lot of his ideas happen. He just has this idea and it starts, and then people latch onto it because he's got lots of people around him with lots of money, and they just go, "Okay, let's do this." And then all of a sudden they're doing this crazy thing, and you know, it must be nice, man. <laughs> yeah, right. It must be nice. Every time I had some crazy idea, which people were like, "Yeah, I'll give you a whole bunch of money. Let's fucking do it." That would be pretty cool. To be able to make a metal album like accidentally on a whim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what, what are your speaking of? But again, back to Hammerfall. What are your crystallized thoughts on this one? Are you giving it your your endorsement? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no question. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Like, listen to a couple tracks. If you don't like those, I mean, if you haven't heard Hammerfall, listen to a couple tracks of this one. If you don't like them, you'll probably know right then that it's not for you. But my guess is, if you're listening to this podcast, you like the kind of things we like. There's a very good chance that you're going to enjoy this record. Um, just look at the just look at the cover art. It's got like a flying dude with a giant hammer, and I mean, it's it's exactly what you think it's going to be. It yeah. sounds like that and more, and um, yeah, like potentially an even better shower album than Crimson Thunder. So, wow, shower music. Now we got a whole <laughs> other genre here. And one day we're going to have to do like, you know, we should do a podcast of like our top ten breakfast albums. Right. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> what the hell? Why not? Top ten. Then we can go into shower albums and you know, whatever else. We can we can do that. So, um, yeah. But anyway, I think that's uh, probably enough for one week. Um, you know, we t- I think we took a week off, but yeah, pretty good. Yeah. We're, you know, a good good output for the beginning of the year. You know, three three months in, we got four episodes, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we will be back uh, in the next couple of weeks with um, maybe we'll do that top ten breakfast albums thing next. That sounds actually kind of fun. Uh, unless we can find another album that really, really needs a listen and a review. But anyway, as always, uh, thanks for tuning in. Everybody keep your sticks on the ice. Get through that work week. Um, enjoy life as much as you can. Don't worry too much about, um, you know, any extracurricular stuff. Um, we'll, 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 we'll make it one way or the other. So we thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. All right. See ya. No!